What a joy it is to be with you and bring the Word of God today. Let me remind you, we are in a series of messages that uh, I'm calling Satan's Best Lies. I remind you from what we read from last week, from John chapter 8 and verse 44, where Jesus himself, speaking to those who were following a counterfeit way, he said, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. Literally, it says he speaks his mother's tongue. For he is a liar and the father of all lies. So, from the many insights that passage tells us is that Satan himself is a counterfeiter. And he wants to put for anything good and sweet and beautiful and wonderful in our world, he wants to create a counterfeit. Something that will turn very, very ugly, given its time and when it comes to fruition. And those who follow him have a similar role. We read in 1 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves, <clears throat> disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. He is the arch deceiver. He is the master counterfeiter. And this series is about bringing attention to some of his very best lies, exposing them to the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, calling to people to look carefully at what's in this world. I appreciated what Laurel I had to say this morning. Didn't that just bless your heart? And, and how she, she recognizes, even as a young teenager, that in the world in which we live, there are all these counterfeits out there, and you have to be discerning. So this morning, I want to move to the second of these lies that I want us to consider and to expose. And here it is, in short, that all roads lead to heaven, that all paths lead to God. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, only with your word in hand and with you illumining our path can we see our way through some of the murky maze that the counterfeiter puts before us. He takes a kernel of truth and wraps it up in a lie and makes it so sometimes impossible for the, for the unborn again, unregenerate mind to grasp the lie. Lord, may you open our eyes that we can see through your eyes the reality of these counterfeits and go straight to the truth that is our salvation. Let it be so in Christ's name. Amen. Charles Schultz and his Peanuts cartoon, I love to read those for so many years and have a lot of his books that I continue to read. He and Linus were having one of, Charlie Brown and Linus were having one of these deep theological discussions. You know they would have that from time to time. And Linus asked, Charlie Brown, when you die and go to heaven, do you think you're graded on the percentage or on a curve? And Charlie Brown responded almost immediately, and he said, well, on a curve. And Linus says, well, how can you be so sure? 
And Charlie Brown said, I'm always absolutely sure about things that are a matter of my personal opinion. <laughs> well, that is the framework in which this world approaches the question of do all roads indeed lead to heaven? I'm reminded of a, uh, of a, of a very old Hindu story about six blind men being brought in to see an elephant, to experience an elephant. And as they came up and they touched various parts of the body, the, the first one says, well, he's very much like a wall as he's touching, touching the side of the elephant. Oh, no, no, it's much like a spear, said the second one, who stroked the elephant's tusk. The third man, taking hold of the elephant's squirming trunk, said, oh, no, no, this is very much like a snake. Nonsense, said the fourth blind man, stretching out his arms around one of the legs, is very much like a tree. The fifth man, caressing the elephant's ear, said, oh no, it's much like a fan. And the sixth, grabbing the tail, said, oh no, no, this critter is very much like a rope. All six experienced various parts of that massive animal. None of them had the whole picture. And so what is deduced from this is because we all have our limited experience in understanding God, each and every one of us must be correct in our own kind of way. Now, that seems to have a logical appeal to it, doesn't it? That seems to say, well, okay, that makes sense. That's something we can buy into. It's a lie. Their individual perspective of truth did not put the parameters around truth. And even when the six of their experiences were put together, you didn't have the totality of the element. Now, why is it the world is so desperate to believe this lie? I want to throw out a couple things for you to consider. First of all, there is just so many religions out there in the world. The sheer number uh, makes you question, can any one individual path be the correct one? But listen, folks, just because there are a lot of different options doesn't mean there are a lot of different answers. Let me take you back to your school days, and you were given a multiple choice test, remember? Well, just because you had multiple choices and answers didn't mean that all of those answers were right. It meant that you had to choose the one that was indeed correct. The second reason is that belief that all religions are basically just the same. On most college campuses and many high school campuses where comparative world religions is a course that is offered, one of the first things that you receive is this information about how they're all so very similar. Well, indeed, there are some similar aspects to each and every one of these. But what has rarely really gotten to was the incredible and stark differences between all of these different faiths. For instance, Christians believe in God. Buddhists teach there is no God whatsoever. Christians embrace Jesus' claim that he was God himself in human form. Followers of Mohammed do not believe that Jesus Christ was God in human form. Not at all. Christians believe that there's truth and error, there's right and wrong, there's morality. But all of the faiths around the New Age movement teaches that well, truth is relative and everybody is right and nobody is wrong. You see, the reality here is Somebody might be right, or somebody might be wrong, or everybody might be wrong, but there's no way logically you can say that everybody's right. I mean, just think about that a moment. It defies common sense. 
The world believes this because they think that what most matters is sincerity. Sincerity is what matters. It's not so much what you believe, it's how deeply and sincerely you believe. That's the barometer. That's the test of spiritual truth. But that ignores the fact that you can be sincerely wrong. You can get up in the middle of the night with a headache, and in the dark, go take your bottle of medicine and take out a pill that you're convinced is aspirin. But if indeed it is cyanide, you're not going to wake up. You can be sincerely wrong. And this whole concept of sincerity being the barometer by which we measure truth is asinine. Now, indeed, when you discover truth, you give yourself wholeheartedly and sincerely to it. But that's not what makes it true. That's a reaction to its truth. This world has a belief that no religious group should think that it's better, any better than any other one, or that somehow it's got the corner on truth. And their thinking is because God is so big and our understanding is so small that it's arrogance and narrow-mindedness to think that we might find the truth. And it questions rightness and wrongness. Let me just take you back to school again for a moment. You're in your basic arithmetic class. And you're given this arithmetic problem. Two plus two equals. And the answer, I think the only answer, is four. But you put down on your test paper, paper 37. Now, if the teacher is tolerant, if the teacher is of this line of thinking and agreement, that there is no right and there is no wrong, that teacher has to mark your page correct. Let me give you a clue. She's not. He's not. They're going to say that's wrong. Because 2 plus 2 does not equal 37. And in, why do we think that in matters of naturals or numbers or things that you can reach and touch, that we can insist on things being accurate, and yet when you come to the spiritual things, everything has to be, everything has to be right. It is not any, there's no truth to that whatsoever. Everyone must avoid the spirit that looks down prideful noses as people who have another opinion. We have to avoid that like the plague folks. But real tolerance does not accept that everybody's position is necessarily right. Fifth, this world believes this because they really don't believe in truth. Two years ago, the Barner Research Council studied and, and found out that 66% of Americans deny the existence of absolute truth. Two-thirds of Americans today question whether or not there is such a thing as absolute truth truth. A professor at a college not far from here says to one of his other professors, one thing you can be absolutely sure of when new students come in every year to the university, and that is all of them will believe that truth is relative. The belief in more than one way to God really is a belief in saying that truth does not exist, or maybe even scarier to me, it doesn't matter even if it does. The skeptic Sigmund Freud, I mean, goodness gracious, nobody any less religious than he said this. 
it was really a matter of indifference what we believe, if, excuse me, if it was really a matter of indifference what we believe, then we might as well build our bridges out of cardboard. Inject a tenth of a gram of morphine into a patient rather than a hundredth of a gram. Or take tear gas as a narcotic instead of ether. Even he recognized there's right and wrong. The question, therefore, is not is there truth, but can we discover truth? Can we know truth? Can we discover that whatsoever? And into this comes the most incredible claim that has ever been made in human history. And it claims of, it comes from all people. It comes from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he says that which you have heard read and that which you have heard sung today. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except by me. Now, if he were politically correct, if he had been, if he was woke, all right, if, if he had come to a real understanding and enlightenment, he would say, I am a way and a truth and a life. But let me tell you, my friends, I've went to the oldest existing documents of that passage. And there is no question that little word is not a, that little word is the. And just in case somebody missed that fact, he said, no man comes to the Father except through me. Now, the world can cry out narrow-minded and bigoted and intolerant all it wants to. That is the eternal Word of God, and my Bible tells me it's settled in heaven. This, this world, this world has taken faith and put it out there as it's a matter of just personal taste. It's just a matter of personal preference, you know? You like yellow? Fine. You like red? Wonderful. Personal preference. You like Big Mac? Fine. You like McNuggets? Wonderful. Same thing. Doesn't matter what faith you come with. It's just a matter of personal preference. The only problem is you can't find that anywhere in the Holy Word of God. As a matter of fact, <laughs> interestingly enough, you're not going to find it in the holy words of Islam. You're not going to find it in most any major teaching because most of these teachings are exclusive, not inclusive the way you would be thought that you're, that you're taught. It, it defies common sense. Travelers who are visiting Birmingham, Alabama and want to come to Atlanta, Georgia, if they take I-22 west, they're never going to see the great state of Georgia. They may get wet in the Pacific Ocean, but they're not going to see it. The path you take is important. The choice you make is imperative. And, and I want you to see this. Broad-mindedness doesn't exist in most places on planet Earth. In, in the chemical laboratory, Water is H2O. When you monkey with that, things explode. You don't mess with that. In music, Harvey, if, if someone is off a half step, 
I mean, I heard you correcting some of them earlier in rehearsal this morning because they had to make that little, little, little swoop down. That's what I call it. It's a technical musical term. Swoop down. A half note makes a difference. It, it makes a difference. In mathematics classroom, geometry, calculus, trigonometry, any variation whatsoever cannot be tolerated. On the athletic field, you play by the rules or you're disqualified. In the garage, when that guy is rebuilding your engine, it's imperative that those rings fit within one one-thousandth of an inch. Any more or less, your car don't work right. In every area you can come to, there is this imperative that things are right or wrong until you come to religion. And then somehow they've all got to be right. The Bible talks about the way we live as a road or a path or a way. And as Derek read earlier from Proverbs 14, there is a way. There is a path, there is a road that seems right to mankind. But the end of that road is death and destruction. Public opinion does not make something right. It cannot and it will not. Let me read to you Jesus' words from Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. He said, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by that. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Those are Jesus' words. Let me tell you, to suggest that all religious roads lead to heaven is an insult to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an insult because, first of all, of who he is. Jesus Christ is Lord God Almighty. He is the second person of the Trinity. The Father himself said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. No other religious figure that has ever graced planet Earth has ever claimed to be or indeed has proven by miraculous fact that he is indeed who he said he was, the Son of God. It's an insult because of what he's done. It's an insult of what he did. No other faith cost what Christianity cost. In no other faith, does the God or leader of that faith, the supernatural head of that faith, come to earth to become his creation, to give his life and die for his creation? Only our faith does that. No wonder it's exclusive. <laughs> because none other will claim such. None other will. And because of what Jesus is doing, Jesus is still transforming and cleaning up lives even today. Very much alive, very much powerful, very much causing great transitions to happen in lives. And also by what Jesus will do. You see, there's no other religion that teaches 
that as time comes to its end, all mankind will stand before that one to be judged. Only the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in that exclusivity that our identity exists as opposed to every other belief that is out there. Nowhere in the scripture does it suggest that there's any other way to get to God or to have heaven than the Lord God himself and the son that he sent. We humans, we gotta find, we gotta come up another way. What do we do? We write our own Bibles. We write our own Bibles. You don't like the one that you got. It says things you don't like. Let's just write you a new one. And so you got your Bible, and you got your Bible, and they got their Bible, and we got our Bible, and we just, we just all get happy with the one we have. But you know what, folks? We are a pitiful, poor substitute for God. And our Word is a pitiful, poor substitute for the eternal Word of God. That is reality. That is truth as we know it couple things I want to share and just kind of as I sum up here this morning. We all, if all roads lead to heaven, not only is that insulting to Jesus, it makes the Christian faith meaningless. Just, just, just as meaningless. It rejects the sacrifice, the historical proven sacrifice of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It makes it meaningless. The Bible tells us that God has sent his son into the world that the world through him might be saved. To think that all religions lead to God, it absolutely makes that meaningless. All, if all roads lead to heaven, then true believers in Christ are the biggest fools you have ever seen. They're absolute idiots especially the hundreds of thousands of them that have given their life's blood for the faith. They're the biggest fools. Led by the biggest fool of all fools, the founder of that faith, Jesus Christ. If all roads lead to heaven, then the holiness and purity of heaven is absolutely disregarded. Any common sense tells you there has to be an accounting there has to be judgment and justice for the evil that is in this world. And that's not found in the other faiths, only in the Christian faith. If all roads lead to heaven, then justice is an absolute mockery. The Scripture teaches us that God is absolutely just. The Lord is a mighty rock, and he never does wrong. God will always be trusted to bring justice. That's Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 4. To us, it might seem unfair that God is going to judge people eternally. But that's just because we're limited in our grasp and sometimes we have very adolescent thinking. Any adult thinking, any reasonable thinking says there's got to be a time of accounting and deliverance. And there are those who say, I just cannot see how a loving God could allow anyone to go to a place called hell. Will you think about that for a moment? How could a loving God do anything else but? We put ourselves up as being more loving than God. 
who so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God made the greatest sacrifice. So those who spit in his face, he still loves and will still accept up until the time that they have no more choice. Satan is a liar. He's been at it for millennia. He's very good at what he does. And this is one of his best lies. All roads do not lead to heaven. There's only one, and it's narrow. Narrow-minded, intolerant, if you please. But it's the way, and it's the truth, and it's the life. And those who take that path will find heaven at its end. Have you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? I want to invite you to do that this morning. If you've never surrendered your life to him, to where he is the, the boss, the king, the ruler of your life, I, I want to beg you to do that this morning. In a few moments when, when Harvey comes back up and we have our invitation, Derek and Tony are going to be right here at the front. If, you, if you'd like to come and publicly confess your faith in Christ, they're going to be right here to help you understand what that means. If you'd like to join our fellowship, just come and let them know. They would love to, to put their arms around you and welcome you home. If you'd like to come to the altar and just pray, I want you to feel that freedom. But first, I want to lead us in a prayer. For anyone here or watching here by media that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, bow your heads, close your eyes, pray along with me if you will. Dear God, right now, I confess to you that I'm lost. I I'm lost in my own thinking and trying to figure out a way that I can be right when in the depths of my heart I realize I'm wrong. I dare to believe today that Jesus, when you died on the cross, it was to take my sins upon yourself. And when you rose again, it was so that I could have your eternal life. Come into my heart. Cleanse me of all of my sins. Transform me to be the man, the woman that you want me to be. I give my life to you. I give control of my life to you. I want you to be the boss the king, the ruler of my life. And Lord, I celebrate even now with each and every man and woman, boy or girl that's made that decision that right now they have been born into your kingdom forever your child. And we want to celebrate that this morning. Let that be so. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Will you stand please? As Harvey leads us in this song, I'm praying that you'll have the courage to step out and say yes to what God's saying in your life. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness. 
and life more abundant and free. sweet testimony at the very beginning of the service even to now and I thank you that you don't give up on us you keep after us and you continue to love us to drive out the darkness that we hold on to by the light of your presence that God may be glorified and we thank you in Christ's name